Hello, Internet. I'm Matt, and unfortunately once was a teenager. And I'm Shannon from Down the Web Line, also one time, unfortunately, a teenager for like almost 10 years. It was a rough <laughs> sentence to, to, <laughs> to do, but I got through it. <laughs> and you're listening to the Untold Talks of Spider-Man, where we're unearthing, you know, deep pimples and forgotten memories in Whoa. Spider-Man's horrendous high school years. Our goal is to find lost gems and share them with you. Discover what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. Because, you know, it's not really a Spider-Man story if it's not about high school, right? That's what I learned about in the movies. In the movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah all about high school. Except I don't think he was in high school for more than, like, two minutes. It's okay. No, in the first one, he's in there, like, half the time. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the the na- the story that we're following today is Web of Spider-Man number 35. You can go home again. Oh. Yeah. And the cover makes it feel like the title is The Special Tribute to Teenagers Issue. And they did they did a throwback on the cover that's more like the older stuff. So it's a big picture of Spider-Man, but then on the side there's these two little like uh captions to kind of entice you into seeing like what's going to happen in the comic and it's not just an artistic cover, which is fun. It's nice. Yeah. yeah so you can go home again, writer Jerry Conway. Penciler Alex Saviak, anchor Keith Williams, colorist Bob Sharon, letter Rick Parker, and editor Jim Salaker. I don't think I've seen him edit much. Uh, and this was from February 1988. So it's uh, it's basically new. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Newish. <laughs> Newish. And if you want to read this, you're going to have to find the issue, which is around 10 bucks. There's a there's a lot of wiggle room on this one. It ain't digital. It <laughs> I, is definitely not. And I couldn't find a trade. So good luck, true believers. Yeah, and I mean, the, the quick summation of this one is that Peter Parker has been called in to help out at his old high school. And in doing so, once again, encounters the living brain. Because when you're dealing with teenagers, you worry about the living brain. <laughs> In that high school, apparently, it's a it's a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. So, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's let's start our high swinging issue. Um, with actual swinging, right? That's yeah, the opens directly with that. Yeah, and I the opening is really just on what I said. You know, it's Spider-Man being nervous about going back to high school, and he's on his way there, and we get some recap of you know how this happened and why he's doing it which is all pretty odd I, i've never heard of anyone having their principal call them and ask them to help out at their old high school that seems alien to me maybe it was more common in the 80s i'm sure i try to think how the principal would even remember him other than his beefs with flash every once in a while well, I mean, he, uh, and we'll see this later, he won some academic awards in science and whatnot. So I, I imagine you encounter the faculty for that sort of thing. But I mean, if you're a principal, you're dealing with kids winning awards like every week for something or another. Well, considering the state of this high school, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe he does not. remember that one guy, that one kid that won something. <laughs> 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 <Mission> related. <laughs> 
That's fair. Um, and while we're on the subject of the principle, I want to note, I found a note um, on a, one of the wikis on this issue that stated, you know, early in the story, Peter said that he took the job as a favor to his old principal. As identified in Amazing Spider-Man number four, Peter's principal during high school was Andrew Davis. Here he names the principal as uh, Scott being in charge of the school. So we're assuming that Davis is still like in the school, but not necessarily the principal or something. I mean, look, this is very much a note of they had to name the principal to get through the dialogue. But if the principal is only ever named once in Amazing Spider-Man 4, it was just a note. It got garbled. It's comics. Yes. He could have changed his name. Maybe, you know, (laughs) maybe he was going by his middle name now. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, sure. Whatever works. (laughs) But yeah, he's he's definitely griping and grousing the whole way. Um, and, you know, him, I mean, this is a paycheck, so I feel like... Is it worth it? He, is it worth it going back to your high school for a little bit of money? I don't... Uh, if I'm Peter Parker and I can't pay rent, maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe. Like, oh, wow. It's like, I'm not an independent contractor in this for a week like just a sure paycheck for one week all right he's he's complaining about this more than he would complain about fighting doc ock or green goblin he's just really anxious about it and it's it's kind of like this high contrast with someone who is so capable it's interesting with the psychological damage high school did to him oh and everyone And it's really funny when Peter arrives at the high school, it's a bunch of like punk kids wearing, I mean, it's a bunch of high school kids wearing the latest in 80s fashion with all the haircuts and all these different crazy clothes. And I'm thinking if they're part of this poor high school, how are they affording, you know, all the trendiest clothes and whatnot? Little mixed message, I guess. It is, but it, I guess what they're getting at is the, the, the fact that they keep emphasizing uh, this idea that it used to be a, a conservative middle class uh, environment. So everyone in their little sweater vests and, you know, Letterman jackets or whatever. And here now, oh, they're all punk and everything. So this more liberal bent is now considered bad, which honestly, when I think about like Ditko, <laughs> I think, well, that's about right. Like, that's how we would consider this. So. Yeah, what what gets me too is um this high school looks like it's just like on the middle of the block, like it was an apartment complex renovated to be a high school or something mm-hmm. from the outside. And it's funny to me because the way it's depicted in the old Ditko stuff versus even like you know the JRJR rendering in the JMS run you know, looks like a high school with its own place and its own school. And I doubt it's, you know, one-to-one, but this is like a completely different place. There was no notes taken on whatever. It's just, I don't know. I feel like the art team kind of just like, phoned it in here. Yeah, they they ran with it and they're like, well, let's just have fun and make it look completely different from uh, the original so that you can see the contrast with time. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a little like, overdone, but, you know, they were having fun and it's kind of fun to look at. So, yeah. And then uh, I, I think the, the biggest moment is when Peter walks up to the high school, there's just a fight breaking out between, you know, the nerd kid and the jock. And he's thinking back to him and Flash and how it's all the same. 
yeah he's a, a like a little a little ptsd moment like seeing it but uh he's he steps in immediately like you could tell that he's a different person you know that he's changed a lot in the time that's passed so he steps in, clears him up, you know, the, the sort of confidence of becoming Spider-Man and doing it for a few years, you know, comes through in that moment where he's able to take command of the situation. And he's like anxious, but it's also nostalgia. You know, he's he gets between them, but he also understands what it's like. And he understands that things can change in the future, that just because you're you're fighting with the jock right now doesn't mean that you won't become friends with them later that you won't mature and your relationships won't mature either i mean yeah i mean peter goes right to the like you know i had a bully just like yours but now we're friends and i'm thinking like okay that was some pretty extreme soap drama stuff going on you have to recognize that that's not like common <laughs> I, yeah but i also i don't know like when i read the old stuff from which this is kind of based like like flash and him would get into it but they kind of like gave it back to each other each other at the same degree i just see peter being sort of pushed down so much as they just had such conflicting personalities oh yeah i I mean in the original stuff peter was kind of a jerk too (laughs) kind of And I, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that the the put upon kid here with glasses is Steve, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that's I think there's some subtle commentary going on here with how people perceive some of the stuff around Steve Ditko. Oh, can we talk yeah. about the kid's last name? Petty. <laughs> Petty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, there's some uh, stand stands uh, in the offices at this point, I'm sure. Yup. <laughs> so Peter's moving on to teaching now. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. go. There's some interludes with some people in a Eastern European country, war torn sort of thing. I, that's billed for later. I don't think we really need to talk about it here. Yeah, no, we'll we'll skip over. Although I have to say this this bad guy because I think it's like Central America. Oh, and, I... and yeah, Miguel is like a, a strong Central American. <laughs> but it's and, Miguel from Spain. Yeah, so they, like they pull him out of this church where he's like getting sanctuary, and he mouths off to the to the bad guy, and the bad guy just shoots him. But he shoots him while he's like being surrounded by his own guys so i have to admit like those guys are either very trusting of their commander because they're like yeah shoot the guy while we're holding him i'm Mm -hmm. sure your aim is perfect it won't go through the guy and hit us or they're like uh (laughs) we might die It's you okay. gotta trust him, you know. Yeah, you don't really have a choice because you don't trust him, you'll die anyways. So uh, back back to Peter. Yeah, <laughs> Peter's been whisked away to uh, the computer lab where Steve's kind of given him the rundown. And at this point, Steve has uh, told Peter that um, you know he idolizes Peter because of that science word he won and whatnot, and he figured he'd understand what he's going through and whatnot. But pretty quickly, Peter's like kind of telling him that you know you you kind of locked yourself down here don't you have any friends aren't you communicating with anyone like you need to live a little you can't just focus on this one thing the whole time and steve is not having that Mm-mm. he isn't he's he gets very upset uh he's like no people have to come to me on my terms i am not you know out there to make friends i'm not out there to reconcile they need to reconcile with me first 
Mm-hmm. And it's the sort of lesson, if we don't look at this in a meta level, but if we look at um, when Romita Sr. started and like the first few issues where Peter was going around and he was reconciling with um, Harry, he was reconciling with Flash, he was reconciling with Gwen and sort of fixing those relationships. And you can see how Peter knows that it does take work on both sides to to fix relationships. And so he's trying to convey this to Steve here. But Steve is too immature to quite get it yet. And, I mean, uh, there's an immaturity level, sure, because they're all dirty, dirty teenagers. But mm-hmm. um, there's also this like unique bullheadedness on his focus that's coming from this weird place because his dad was able to give all these computer labs to Steve and Steve has this like mission and motivation that goes beyond just being kind of irrational, but also I don't know, obsessive. Yes. He's trying to prove something mm-hmm. and uh, he needs a trophy in that case. He needs acknowledgement and recognition. And uh, he was hoping to get it from Peter, but he doesn't get it in the way that he wants. So he becomes extremely upset. In the middle of some other stuff, Steve's glasses breaks, which can't be good. I can't tell if he's nearsighted, nearsighted or farsighted, though. Uh, I have okay vision, so I have no idea. <laughs> Um, People wear glasses. I got at least 10 more years before I have to worry about it. (laughs) um, Yeah, and I mean, cutting to the good stuff, he unleashes his modified version of the living brain upon the school. He's using like a graphing calculator to control he's got a little video on there and everything is it's kind of a nice setup. Yeah. Yeah, he I guess. The, the stand-in for Flash is supposed to reconcile, and uh, he 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 screws up, and then they get into it, and then it was just impossible, and then out comes Living Brain, and he's going to go wreck the, the stand-in for Flash, wreck Peter Parker, wreck the school, wreck everything. You know, he's he's going to get his recognition, and he's going to make everyone pain. Uh, <laughs> recognition, I get it. Recognition. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so, I mean, one of the targets is Jake, who's the stand in for Flash, uh, wreck his car, you know, as this thing's going on a spree. And then Spider-Man comes out in his stupid black costume. What an unfortunate time. Look, actually, I feel like he goes really well with all the all the punk hairstyles and tattoos and everything here. Like it all like he may feel like he's out of place in the school, but I feel like his costume fits in just fine. I, when he had the black costume that was post the symbiote thing, it just never made sense to me. I mean, Mary Jane objected immediately. I'm like, that is a good reason for him to not wear that costume. If he wants to wear a different one, fine. There's 50 billion of them. But like, why do that again? It's just bizarre to me. <laughs> and it's just a black costume. Blah, boring. I feel like there's people out there who have feelings about the black costume. <laughs> Oh, oh, of course there are. Uh, I can't say I uh, honestly. I just mostly like the red and blue, with the little arm underarm web things. As long as they're not like crazy long, but, uh, that's about where I stand on costumes. Yeah, there's very few defenders of the uh, Ditko-esque long, like cape-esque armpits. Yes. Just just a tasteful amount of our pit web. Yeah, know. that's just, that's just you know, so that it just flashes out a little bit when he's swinging, and then you don't really see it after that. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of fisticuffs with the. <laughs> He's doing brain. not great. This living brain is giving him a real hard time. Well, what gets me is how mobile this thing is. Like the original living brain, you know, had some moves or whatever, but this thing is like tossing him around like a professional wrestler or whatever. I'm just surprised this thing can move its torso. Like, and it wants, nuts. yeah, and it wants all his joints. It goes after the elbows, the ankle or the knee, rather. Mm-hmm. It just like, and Spider-Man is just, it. He's just having a rough day. Maybe he was just thrown off. He's back in high school. So he's fighting like he was in high school. You know, all that experience is gone. He's just getting carted around. I mean, I think it's just, it's a it's a steel tin can coming at you. Just pure force. Like, yeah, can't really slow it down. A dent isn't really going to do anything. Like, oh. But I did like the move of letting it, like, try to slam him into a wall. And then he finally has something to push off of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It only does him so much good before it's back up again and chasing him around. Yeah. And this thing has friggin' like rocket thrusters <laughs> to follow him down an elevator shaft. It's it's a big improvement. This kid's been working in that lab. I mean, I think he has a promising future and aim, you know. Oh yeah, all the little groups, all the groups. Mm-hmm. He wants to do Hydra. I think aim would definitely be the best fit. Yeah. But I think just about anyone would take him. Maybe not the hand. They're like the oh, no. stuff. Not, this is a little too flashy for them. If it uh, painted, is... if he if he painted it black. Maybe. <laughs> Just toned it down a little bit. Although that, that robot does sneak up on Spider-Man really well. So I think maybe if he just painted it black, uh, they might like it. Because it definitely has sneaking capabilities. Mm-hmm. But it has a fatal flaw. Uh, when Spider-Man gets it to punch the electrical box, it short circuits. So it can't take an overwhelming amount of electricity. Which I guess very few things can yes it, it did it did melt into a glob which i don't know is this a problem like spider-man kills this robot is that okay is that okay that he killed a robot it's a living brain yeah it's like a, but it doesn't say anything like uh. so it's mute so it can wow wow <laughs> <laughs> I tried to think how he would interpret it, but it is called the living brain. He did does refer to it as that, so... I mean, arguably, though, it's not an actual intelligence. I mean, it's being remote-controlled. It's a, it's a weapon. It's It has no real... It might have some slight AI capabilities for, like, interpreting loose commands to what happens there, but it's not... Uh, well, we've also seen Spider-Man drop people through down deep crevasses and be like, oh, shucks, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say, it's not as bad as that Morlock <laughs> kid from that Wolverine story, but... Oh, yeah okay <laughs> I'm skipping ahead <laughs> skipping ahead uh next time the tarantula or something <laughs> tarantula one of the tarantulas so now now peter's hunting for for steve and uh i guess they take out the steaming pile of metal and put it into the back of a police van and uh yeah peter doesn't find steve and our issue closes dun, dun, dun. I mean, I don't know. I like obviously Steve is kind of an insert character, but it would have been interesting if at least for a short while he was a supporting character where Peter was doing some good for. I I think that would have I think that would have stuck out as a more memorable temporary side character than like Hope or any of those other characters I can't remember. <laughs> Well, (laughs) 
any of those other characters that you can't remember. Oh, like any of the crew from the coffee bean right after Ben Riley. Ah, uh, okay. You know, okay. Like, yeah. Well, uh, I think it might be also we continue with the symbolism in that, you know, the way that Ditko left, you know, like. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know. There, There's different notes on that. We'll never know, mm-hmm. really. But he was frustrated he needed to leave at some point ultimately it was better for the book in the long run oh yes um but i mean i don't know i i I really i really wish there was some more notes on this about what in the world jerry conway is against steve ditko he has some feelings definitely yeah i mean when you think about it though i guess jerry conway was taken under stanley's wing to kind of you know bring up this character so maybe that's for some of that also i'm assuming some of it was just kind of played up to write a story or something yeah a little column a a little column b and maybe maybe because steve ditko did continue to freelance and whatnot and like i mean through the 90s so there was like a power rangers issue published by i believe marvel that steve ditko did um there was like a rom or there's a few rom issues steve ditko did i think around this time or something you know he's in and out it's possible jerry conway bumped into him and I, based on this issue alone would seem to have had a negative experience or something like that yeah yeah but we can agree um there were definitely feelings <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i i don't know we kind of bombed through this one were there any other thoughts or moments that stuck out to you i just i i thought it was a fun issue to highlight but i i don't know if i have much to say beyond like oh man what an issue go read it yeah i think uh for me the takeaway is that there's a lot i mean the 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 fact that there's a lot of calling back, it felt like the energy about the high school, about the interactions between the kids in the high school and what Peter was observing felt very much like the Stanley Steve Ditko time. Mm-hmm. And just the, the squabbling over nothing, the sort of fighting, like both bullying each other in a way, like just conflicting personalities and the Liz Allen character that's the stand in just coming in and, and, and trying to get people to get along and they're not doing it. And seeing Peter look at that and reflect kind of like that contrast helps you see how much peter as a person has come since his time and in a in an industry where keeping people stagnant in the same over time is important it was nice to see that growth you know to see peter as as a more grown-up person and understanding that relationships change and seeing him as a more mature person compared to his teenage years and i I like that, but there really isn't much beyond that to recommend it. I agree. Well, I think it's interesting you're saying that a bit about the static, because, I mean, Spider-Man around this time, I feel, was suffering from some static growth, even if it was mm-hmm. kind of with the years. And I think part of that is, is like, there's kind of a, an initial chunk with any character where they need to develop uh, just to fall in line with being a superhero or whatever it is if we're talking these legacy characters and then there reaches a point where a status quo hits and then that vice takes over. But Spider-Man's interesting in that so many people go back to his high school years because that's where it started. But I mean, I don't think his, his growth was kind of really cut off until he was in the middle of like 
with him with college is kind of a hard cutting off point because he never really graduated early on. So kind of in those years, I feel like when that kind of stagnated a bit and then eventually they moved to more adult stuff and then away from the adult yeah, stuff back to younger. But, yeah, they definitely dialed it back later, trying to de-age him a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like his stagnation period was definitely after undergrad. Yeah. And then his grad years, I'd say, and shortly after, he was having a hard time. Because I think they were trying to figure out what to do with him. Because if he have not finished grad school, and then he becomes a doctor, and then, like, it's the struggle of trying to keep him young. And so you're halting his progress, and then he stagnates. So it's tough. Yeah. And I mean, it's a soft call and i bet other people could argue for different points right but Mm -hmm. but i bet there's a rough consensus of a general area so that leads us to our web of rankings um (laughs) (laughs) well i was thinking i was looking at this earlier and based on what we've read recently I think it's definitely not as good as Missing in Action. I think that had more things to recommend it. And that's at 41. So I'm oh, thinking... Oh, so less than. Okay. So I'm thinking after 45. So 45 or lower on the, the ranking. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Okay. So... I think it's a middling. It's not a bad issue. It's kind of middling. Not remarkable. And so... Yeah, um, what I want to do, because weirdly, um, though he was in college, uh, in this TV show, The Deadly Dust, he was dealing with some weird school politics and it was all very hokey. Um, I want to put this a cut above that, at least, because I feel like this is a decent issue, but it just it deserves to be in a in an upper half, I guess, because I think there's a lot of cool stuff in this issue. But yeah, there's a good run of comics I'd recommend before it. Yeah. All right. All right, so Yay. number 47 on our list out of 82. It's good spot. Ooh, getting up there. Mm. Yeah, and then um, next time we're going to be talking about who Marvel Team Up number one, volume one billion. Technically, the legacy number is 187, 188, and 189. Uh, where it's Spider-Man and Miss Marvel. This is the relatively recent one where Spider-Man once again gets to experience what it's like to be a teenage girl. So that's fun. <laughs> once again, that common that common trope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a few... Uh, we'll get there, but I mean, there's something with body swap stories where they're usually the same gender and usually for a good reason, but I feel like this comic... It, skewed that pretty well. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it. I actually haven't read this one yet, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's fun. It's not it's not the grandest comic ever, but it's a fun one. So thank you everyone for listening. If you're enjoying, you know, there's a Patreon with the Amazing Spider Talk, various tiers for like Discord access, special podcasts, and our art. Go check that out. We have links in our description. And thank you to the Ellie Badge for providing our theme song. If you'd like to reach out to us, where can people find you? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter at down the web line. Cool. And then where they, can they find you? Um, I don't know. In a gutter. <laughs> it's gonna be a rough week. In a in a in a in a, a little computer lab under under the school. The yeah, yeah. Working I'm, on a robot that may or may not be alive. I'm working on the uh, Hydrobot. I'm thinking, you know, with a little bit of branding, I can get ahead of the. <laughs> schedule. There we go. Yeah. Um. At Untold Talks, SPMN is the best way. And you know. Cheers. <laughs> and until uh, we figure out whether the living brain is alive or dead, oh, make mine untold. All right, let's make it untold. Woohoo. <laughs>